you know just what to do. Hallelujah. Father, we're just so grateful. So grateful that we have you. So grateful that we have confidence that we can get wisdom from you and that you know just what to do. Lord, we don't always understand it. A lot of times we don't agree with it. But we have to accept that you know what you're doing. For you are a good God. And you are a wise God. And we are reminded, oh God, that when you set things in order, you didn't need our advice. You didn't ask for our input. When you put the earth together, you didn't ask us how we thought it should be. You did it according to your wisdom, to your understanding, what you desired, and the outcome you had already predetermined. So, Lord God, we humble ourselves to the authority of your word and your spirit, and we ask, oh God, that you would just direct us and guide us through your word, Lord. Speak, God. Because only you have the answers. Only you have the wisdom. Human wisdom only goes so far and it always falls short. But you, God, can tell us what to do. So, Lord, I humble myself before you. Lord, use these lips of clay for your glory. Let these words be your words. Speak to your people. Change lives. Heal, deliver, and set free, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, man. Well, family, feels like I haven't been here for a long time. And you know why? I realized what it was. It wasn't that many Sundays, but it was a bunch of Wednesdays. Those Wednesdays make it seem like I've been gone a long time. Oh, and before I get to my message, I have to, I, I forgot to put in the, the announcements, but I'm going to emphasize it now that you do understand that this year Christmas is on a Sunday. The Christ Mass is on a Sunday. And New Year's Day is on a Sunday. So just so in case anybody thought or got confused, we are having the Christ Mass on Christmas. It is a day that the world has chosen to celebrate the birth of Christ. So as I've said before, when this happened is if he came to your birthday party, shouldn't you come to his? Okay. I will be respectful of your time and understand you got a lot of family stuff going on, it, it, but but we are going to be having service on that day and on New Year's Day. And we're going to have watch night service the night before. Yes, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Now, 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 this is how I worked it out. Because, you know, I'm a numbers man. This is how I worked it out. If we finish, because y'all know most of y'all live close. So y'all going to be home by 1230. <laughs> unless you go someplace else. I said most, most, not everybody. But everyone should be home by one o'clock. Now, if you sleep eight hours, that's nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Service start at 11. 
So that gives you two hours after sleeping eight hours to get ready to get to church. I see it can happen. I, I definitely see this as a possibility. Okay. Now, if you go to the after party, after service, and you don't get home to four o'clock in the morning, then who should pay for that? You or Jesus? If you took those extra four hours because you want to have a little extra fun hanging out with your heathen friends. If that's what you decided to do. Then don't say that, oh, I didn't get to bed till four o'clock, so I can't be at church by 11. It's like, yes, you can. Because didn't when you stayed out to four, didn't you make a choice to do that? <laughs> okay. All right. So just saying. It's a possibility. We will actually suspend Sunday school for that day. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, this, this is what happened. I went on vacation. I'm awake now. It's like, Pastor, where all this coming from? I'm awake now. When I was tired, you got away with a little more stuff, but I'm awake now. So, family, I understand that we are in a difficult time. We're in a difficult season. The amount of folk that have lost family during this period, it seems like this has to be an attack of the enemy. Because why are so many losses happening at this time of the year? So not only do you have the loss, but then you have the memory of the loss that continues to go on year after year after year. So many folk that before we left on vacation and after we came back, that's just are going through. And I see it and I understand it and I feel it. So I think that's where the heart of this message came from. Family is just a moment. It's just a moment. It's just a moment. See, Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, he explained his understanding, his view, his perspective on ministry. He emphasizes that the relationship with Christ, that is the foundation of all of ministry, that that relationship with Christ actually changes us. We are new creations. We're not the same as we were before, and we're not the same as those that don't know Christ. That change is seen in our dedication to serving him, his dedication to the ministry. And he also made it real clear that suffering is a part of ministry. There's no such thing as that now that I'm a child of God doing what God wants me to do, now it's going to be easy. Jesus never said that. None of the apostles actually said that. None of the writers of the New Testament said that. Even looking back at the Old Testament, no one said that. David was a man after God's own heart, and he ended up running from his son who was trying to kill him. How does that happen for someone who God appointed as king? How does that happen to someone who's God's champion, that your own son wanted to kill you? 
So no one said that serving God was ever going to be a simple thing. But he also makes it clear. Paul also makes it clear that we have victory in Jesus now and eternally. We have victory in Jesus. So reading from the message, 2 Corinthians, and I'm I'm starting with the 16th verse, the fourth chapter of the 16th verse reading. This is the end of chapter four. He talked about all the stuff he went through and then he said, so we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the good things coming. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. I want to focus on verse 17. Now, he said, these hard times are small potatoes. The NRV says light and momentary troubles. The King James says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. So that brought me to, and I've asked this question many times. What do you mean light affliction? (laughs) What do you mean my affliction is light? Are you kidding me, man? So, you know me, I go to the Greek. Let's see if there's some in the word that goes beyond what I thought. No, there's no great revelation in the Greek. Light means not heavy. So it's like, so, so Paul, you saying that these afflictions are not heavy? Are you kidding me, man? My afflictions are not light. (laughs) They're not easy. Some things you can brush off, but some of the stuff that happens, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And then when you look at Paul's life, it's like his afflictions weren't light. The man was beaten in prison. He was stoned and left for dead. Now, I I always think about that scene. It's like they had to hit him so many times with that rock. He must have been unconscious that they're like, oh, well, we done. He's dead. They left him for dead. But he says light afflictions for just a moment. It's like, what are you talking about, man? So I had to think about this. Light and weight depends on your strength. See, the weight is the weight. 100 pounds is 100 pounds. 250 pounds is 250 pounds. It don't matter who's lifting it. It is what it is. Abuse, pain neglect. Those things hurt. No matter who you are, those things are going to hurt. But here's the thing. How strong you are will determine how heavy it feels. Hmm. Lifting weight makes you stronger. Lifting weight makes you stronger. So when he says light affliction, it's like, oh, I think this experiences have made him stronger. And you don't get stronger by doing nothing. Right? You can't sit around and breathe and get stronger. You just, I'm just getting stronger. You go to the gym and raise your hands and say, Lord, just make me stronger. Stronger. 
make me stronger. You're just going to get kicked out the gym. That's all. <laughs> so like, why are you standing here with your hands raised talking about make me stronger? That's not how that works. You got to lift some weights. Oh, Lord Jesus. And, you know, muscles get bigger through exercise. Why does that happen? Because the muscle actually tears. It actually tears. And once the muscle tears, when it heals back, it grows more muscle. Mm-hmm. That saying no pain, no gain is for real. Because if you lift in a weight and you don't even get tired, you ain't, you're not getting nothing out of that. You, you're going to have to feel the burn. So if you want to get stronger, you are actually going to have to feel the burn. You're going to have to put yourself in situations or go through situations where you feel the burn. Think about it. I've had this conversation with Elder Dubois. What good things do you have that didn't cost you anything? And the nicer it is, the more it cost. Everybody just got quiet. I'm not asking you to tell on yourself. I'm just saying that you look about, look at, the, look around your life, and the things that matter the most cost you something. That spouse cost you. That baby cost you. <laughs> That job and that title cost you. That degree cost you. That car that you love so much cost you and keep costing you. And then you got to put gas in it. (laughs) So it cost you. What good thing do you have that's not going to cost you? So when we talk about we want something from God, What makes you think is just going to happen by osmosis? What makes you think that you just got to raise your hand and say, hallelujah, three times, hop on one foot, tell tell your neighbor, God going to bless you. And then that's it. That's all you got to do. And now you're blessed. No, that might make you feel good for a moment, but then you got to go out there. But remember this, it's just a moment. Repeatedly lifting something changes your perception. See, because the more you lift it, the stronger you get. Your mind and your body adjust to the weight that you're carrying. Your confidence and your ability grows because you're doing the exercise. So when you've lifted weights for a while and someone like 100 pounds, it's like 100 pounds. You're going to have to add some more to that. Because, you know, 100 pounds, I was doing that like two years ago. You got to get up to 250 just to get my attention. For all the people that said 250, whoa, that's because you didn't even start with the 100. Probably not even the 50. But for people who have been lifted, you, you know, Oliver, my brother, when he was hard in the gym, Dude was telling me that he was on his leg day, he was pressing 900 pounds with his legs. I'm like, what are you doing? Pushing over cars? What is, why? <laughs> what is the point? 
But on his leg days, he's pressing 900 pounds. And I'm looking at him like, you crazy. I don't even see any reason to do that. But for him, it's like, this is fun. The more you lift, it changes your perspective. The more you go through, it changes your perspective. If you're doing the work to build the muscle to get stronger, then when you're going through stuff, you see it can be handled. <laughs> when you've talked to enough folk with bad attitudes, when you see somebody with a bad attitude coming your way, it's like, I know how to handle that. And I'm not saying in your old self. I'm talking about your saved self. Our minister Candace had came up with a term, bad, whatever your name is. See, you, there's a good you and then there's a bad you. We're not talking to the bad you. We're talking about the good you. So no matter how many times that guy keep getting <laughs> Now, you've already talked to him. <laughs> you've already talked to him. It's like, okay, I know how to handle this. And then you just go ahead and handle it. You're not ripping your hair out. You're not going crazy. You're not having palpitations. It's like, I've done this before. I know what I got to do to get him back on track. So let me just go ahead and do it and get him on track and keep it moving. And life goes on. And Jesus is still Lord. Because I've done it enough times that my perspective has changed. I see my little grandbaby out there, and it's like, when she act like this, I know what to do. Before, it was like, oh, 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 Jesus, help me. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, save me. Ah, God, Mama, help me. <laughs> Auntie, help me. Oh, Lord. But now it's like, I know what to do. Just grab this, grab that, move this, move that, and keep it moving. <laughs> it's no longer the end of the world. Why? Because the repeated lifting has changed your perspective. So Paul goes on in chapter five, and I want it's a little long, but I want to read it to you. He starts off, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by the resurrection bodies in heaven. God may not handmade, and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move, and so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He put a little heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why when we live with such good cheer, you won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions down here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in, but we don't see yet that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. Our lives here are just a series of moments. Our lives in eternity are endless. So let me go through this pretty quickly. Moments on earth are experiences. That's it. 
A moment is a brief period of time. It has a beginning and it has an end. Hmm. All of our lives is a moment when compared to eternity. Oh, boy. I want you to hear this. Neither pain or pleasure that's experienced here on earth goes into eternity with us. Whatever pain you're going through now, whatever pleasures you have now, doesn't go into eternity. It ends here. Oh, Lord. We realize that the good things are for a moment. It will start and it will end. That song, that meal, that relationship, it's got a beginning and it's got an end. Now, when you marry, it's till death do you part. But if one of you die, that relationship ends. He's like, no, even when they dead, I'm going to still be married to them. No, you're not. And eternity, eternity, everything is new. It's a new song. It's a new meal. It's a new relationship. You know, I know many of you just had some really good Thanksgiving food, right? And you sat when you when you sat down at the table, it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give me some of that and some of that and some of that. But then it was over. And then you was like, oh, oh. It started and it ended. Well, when we get to eternity, now people will tell you they know all the details about what we're going to eat and the, the leaves from the tree of life would be food. Now, look, look, man, nobody knows what that really means. Let me just tell you, nobody knows what that really means. They, every, anybody that says it definitively that this is what that means, they just making that up or that's just their own conviction. Nobody actually knows. But we know this that we're going to be changed. We're going to be different. We're going to be like what Christ was before he ascended. And once we get to heaven, everything is new. I, I think we're going to hear sounds we couldn't hear before. I think it's going to resonate in our bodies, in our spirits, in a different way than it's ever did before. If we do have something to eat, I think it's going to be the best thing that we ever tasted ever. Like, like you can't even imagine. It'd be better than System Reese peas and rice. I mean, you don't know. You Better than mama's fried chicken. I don't know. It's like, it's Whatever that you had that made you go mm, 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 like that, I think when we get to heaven, if we actually eat and stuff, it's going to taste better than that. It's all going to be something new. So the good times here are still just a moment. And the hard times are really just a moment. The thing happened when it happened. That's when it happened. What caused the pain happened in a moment. Just sit on that for a minute because I know you got, got to think about that. Whatever caused the pain happened just at that moment. That's it. If you spent a month in the hospital, that was one month out of your entire life. And that was one month out of eternity. It was a moment. The loss happened in a moment. Although we can feel it for a lifetime, but the thing happened 
in the moment. See, I know some of you have been going through stuff and it's like, it just won't go away. That's because moments can change lives. The things that happen in this life, the death of someone whom we love, but it happened in a moment. It's not happening every day. It's not happening every day. It happened in a moment. The serious illness or injury, it happened in a moment. It's like, but I got to live with this illness for the rest of my life. But when it happened, it happened in a moment. Even the birth of your child, it happened in a moment. You experience this new life that's a part of you coming into this world. But that was a moment. Because everybody that got adult sons and daughters realized that was a long moment ago. A lot of stuff happened from, oh, to, oh, yeah. From, from you're grounded to tuition checks. I mean, it's like a, a lot happened after that moment where you were so joyous that that child came into the world. Uh, even the marriage, it happened in a moment. Because you don't live in that dress. You don't live in that suit. All your friends ain't standing around going like this, waiting for you to walk in. <laughs> That happened in a moment. That was a moment. It was a great moment. It's a moment that you'll carry for the rest of your life. You got the pictures and the video for the rest of your life. But it was still a moment. Because for those of us been married, as long as we've been married, it's like, that was a long moment ago. And, and you can still feel some joy when you think about it. But there's some other stuff that happened after that. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. Our lives can change in a moment. In that moment, something was added or something was taken away. But it was just a moment. My life changed. The thing that happened, whether it was something I expected, something I didn't expect, something that I enjoyed, something I didn't enjoy, but it happened in that moment and it could have changed my life because something was added or something was taken away. But that moment happened and we're still breathing. We must learn how to live with something added or something taken away. I can't even remember how long ago was it? Probably around uh, two thousand year two thousand. I injured this eye, and I've had three operations since then. My peripheral vision is okay, but there's a dead spot like right here. There's something standing here. I just can't see it. I can see over here. <laughs> I can see in front of me, but there's a dead spot. And I had to learn how to live with it. Because in that moment that I had that accident, something was taken away. 
but I can't live in the moment of the accident. I have to learn how to live afterwards. It changed my depth perception. So for a long time, I couldn't tell how fast something was coming. <laughs> even and when it first happened, it's like even trying to go down steps. It's like you you never you don't know how much your eyes depend on each other. Like you close your eye and act like you, you know, it's it's okay. But when it actually is not functioning, but you learn to live because something was taken away. Because I'm still breathing, so I have to keep going. I have to keep doing stuff. I cannot stay in the moment that that injury happened and live as if that's it. Because it's not it. When you got that cancer diagnosis, life changed in that moment. It's like, what do I do now? And you go through the treatments and then you go through the operations. You go through all of these things that significantly change but it was just a moment. And each of those things was just a moment because I'm still here and I'm still breathing and there's still other stuff that's happening other than just that. Because, you know, a few years after it happened, then you get ready to have a baby, a grandchild. And it's like, oh, here's another moment. <laughs> here's another moment. And that other moment happened over there, but I got a new moment that's happening right now. And now it's like, okay, this moment ain't got nothing to do with that other moment. Ah. Acting as if nothing was taken away, acting as if nothing was added, that's how we get ourselves in trouble. That's how we end up not living in reality. Because if you got married and you still acting like you single, that's a problem. And let me explain, because that your life changed the moment you said, I do, and the minister signed those papers and sent them to the clerk. It changed. So now what happens with that person matters to you. And even if you want to act like it don't matter, it does, because whatever they do is going to affect you, like it or not. So acting like nothing was added, acting like nothing was taken away, we end up not living in reality. When we don't live in reality, what we're doing is actually opening ourselves up to the enemy. Because the first weapon that's mentioned in our defense against the enemy is truth. So if the enemy can remove truth from our lives, now we can, he can just tell us anything. We, we've seen that over the last two and a half years, right? Truth has been lost, and the enemy has been having a field day. <laughs> so, Pastor, come on, man. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It just happened in a moment. My life changed in that moment. Now I got to learn how to live with outside of that moment, but I'm having a problem. You know why you're having a problem? Because moments create memories. You can eventually accept to change, but you still remember the moment. It can be a trap. You can't get it away from it. You can't make ourselves forget about it because that whole just for, uh, forget, uh, forgive and forget. I wish I could. There's a lot of things I wish I could just forget. 
and, and, and any, any rational person feels that way, right? There's some things I wish I could just wipe it out of my head and just never, ever, ever remember it again. Because it ain't thinking about it is doing me no good at all. But we can't. Hmm. So that memory can become a trap. We can keep living in that moment. I remember when the injury happened. I remember exactly. I was taking something off the wall and it was stuck. So you, me, especially back then, I muscled the thing off the wall. Well, it came off the wall faster than I thought and it stuck me right in the eye. I could keep living in that moment because I remember it. But what does living in that moment do? That was 20-something years ago. Why would I keep living in that moment? I, I, I'm, I'm feeling your pain. Reliving the thoughts and the feelings. Never moving from the point where it did happen. Keep living as if it is happening. Pastor, what are you saying to me? Because that's what's going on. It's like your mind is stuck in that moment. Your mind is stuck when that thing happened, when something was added or taken away from your life. And you're living in that moment. And everything around you is in that moment. Here's the idea is that the world is actually moving forward. Everything else is changing. It's just you living in that moment that leaves you disconnected from your own life. See, because your life is still happening even when you're trying to live in that moment. When we're living in that moment of that thing that happened, then we can't make any progress. Nothing good happens, and we disconnect from our present. See, because what's happening right now is the thing that I have to live, but I can't because I'm stuck in that moment. It happened. It happened. But it happened, not happening. See, even if you get a cancer diagnosis, you got that diagnosis. That's the moment it changed. Now you're living as a person who has cancer. That's the part that changed. See, before you got the diagnosis, you didn't know. You just live in your life. So I'm, I'm just a person living my life, doing my thing. But the moment the doctor said you have cancer, your life changed. So do I stay in that doctor's office listening to I have cancer and that becomes the defining moment for the rest of my life? That's all that my life is, is, is involved in right now is just the fact I got cancer. I got cancer. I got cancer. I got cancer. Is that it? Or do I learn how to live with a person who, that has cancer? See, because you can get stuck and then never go to the doctor. 
Never seek no treatment. Start making your funeral arrangements. Not realizing, but, but wait, you're not dead yet. Even if they said you've got six months to live, what is that six months going to look like? Because before I was a person who had however many years to live. Now I'm a person that has six months to live, but I still got six months to live. So what is that six months going to look like? How do I become the person that lives and knows that they only have six months left to live? When everybody around you is saying, what are we going to do? When everybody around you is saying, what did the doctor say? When everybody around you is saying, okay, let's, you, you, you need me to take you? You need some, what, what is it? And you're still stuck sitting in the doctor's chair going over in your head that you got cancer. And everybody else is saying, come on, let's do something. Even if they say you got six months left, well, what's on your bucket list? Let's make this the best six months that ever could be. And you're still sitting in the doctor's chair saying, I have cancer. You never move past that moment. But it was just a moment. It was just a moment. Life might have changed. It might have created some memories, but it still was just a moment. Now, how do I live past that? I'm using something as drastic as cancer, but it could be anything where we can get stuck in the moment. Anything that could happen that where our lives are now is totally different than what it would have been before because now I have this or now this was taken away, but I got to learn how to live with this. Paul actually helps us with this because that memory it was just a moment. When he got stoned and left for dead, you, you know what he did? He got up and went back to the town. <laughs> Why? Because that was just a moment. He got shipwrecked. What did he do when he got to land? He started preaching. Why? Because that shipwreck was just a moment. He was beaten and in prison. What did he do when he got out of prison? He started preaching again because being in prison was just a moment. It was just a moment. Stuff to do. And to get beaten and thrown in prison for the sake of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm glad to do it for Jesus sake. Why? Because it was just a moment. <laughs> so how do we get there? How do we get these afflictions, these sufferings, these things that we're going through? How do we get to the place where we can say, oh, that's light. That's not too heavy. Well, Paul's afflictions became light when he saw them as just a moment. It's just a moment. Just something I went through. Something that happened. It began and it ended. And now I'm here. I'm moving on from that place. Something might have been added. Something might have been taken away. But now I'm moving on past that place. His afflictions became moments when he saw them in the light of eternity. 
See, because when Paul talked about what was going to happen, he's talking about the things that's going to happen. When this body ends, when it's folded up like a tent, what it's going to be replaced with is something that can't even compare to what I have now. So I'm spending a whole lot of time trying to hold on to what I have now when this thing here is going to be replaced with something so much better. So my moments here was just a moment because eternity is so much greater than just this moment. See, because he saw that the rewards of eternity surpassing the trials and the suffering that he's going through now. So you don't leave the look around and talk about, oh, this is so heavy. Oh, this is so heavy. It's just for a moment. It's just got to get through this part. I just got to keep moving long enough to get to the other side because this is just a moment. This is not going to be everything in my life. This is most certainly not going to define my eternity. This thing is just a moment. I just got to get through this space of time. It started, it's going to end, and then I'm going to move on to something else because this is just a moment. So the conclusion is, if this is just a moment, then just live in the present. Just live in your present. (laughs) We are created to live in the past And we're not created to live in the future. We're created to live right now. This is all we get is right now. So live right now in this moment. Because this moment will pass. But what are you going to do right now? I, I, I would strongly suggest that you deal with what is. Not what was and not what will be. You know, Jesus told us that, right? Don't give no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow will give thought for the things of itself. Sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. You got enough problems to deal with today. You got enough stuff that's happening today that you got to get past instead of worrying about the problems you might have to get through tomorrow. So when you're talking about how do I make my afflictions light? Well, I'm just going to live in my present. What is happening right now that I got to deal with? Oh, I can't pay that bill. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. Well, you got any money? If no, then you can't pay the bill. Now, can you get some money? Because that's the other side. I'm dealing with what I can, what I'm dealing with right now. And then I got to do what I can do right now. So it's like, okay, you don't have no money. You got to pay that bill. You know, you got about 30 days to get it together. Well, guess what? You're going to have to stop drinking those $6 Starbucks coffees. You got 30 days to pay that bill. Well, guess what? Your Christmas went list, list went from big gifts to cards. Everybody get in the card. Everybody get in the card. Because that's what I can do. I'm worried about what's going to happen. And I can't do nothing about what's going to happen. But I can do something about what I'm doing right now. So I got to adjust myself and find the thing that I can do. Because I got to get through this moment. That other moment passed. The moment I got that bill, that's a moment. And it passed. I got the bill now. Now I'm, li- I'm the guy living with the bill I can't pay. Now this is my moment now. 
What can I do about it? Well, I need to go and find how I can put some money together to get this bill paid. That's what I can do. And it, well, I can get half of it. Well, what can you do? Well, you call somebody. Said, look, can I get this on a payment? If I give you half now and give you half later, you do what you can do today. And then when you have decided I'm going to deal with what it is, I'm done all that I can do. The other thing is depend on God. See, this this whole I, I believe in God got to go more than just a feel good on a Sunday morning. It has to come into play when on that day when you have that bill that you can't pay and then you're worrying, how am I going to get it done? Well, God, I've done all that I know how to do. I know what you've done. Be- Lord, I've seen you move the mountains. I've seen you make a difference before. That is fueling what I believe today. That's what I'm holding on today. That's the same God that I'm depending on. That's the same God that I'm believing in. That's the same God who I cry out to. And then I rest in the fact that he knows what I need. When Jesus told them, don't worry about tomorrow, it's because he had already said all those things that you worried about your daily needs and whatnot. Your father already knows you have need of those things. So if I got cancer and I need healing, who's going to heal me but God? Ah! Woo! Something's going wrong inside my body. Something's going wrong in my mind. Something's going wrong in my heart. Something's going wrong in my family. Who's going to fix it but God? So if I've done what I need to do, I've followed his directions, then I just got to depend on the same loving God that saved me is the same loving God who will deliver me, who will heal me, who will set me free. That's the same God. So you want your affliction to become light? Live in your present. Do what you can do and depend on God. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there may be someone that's listening to us today that don't understand any of this because you don't actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There may be people who don't, it's like, who, who is this God that you depend on? Who is this God that you de- that is ordering your life? Who is this God who you believe in? Well, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're listening today, then I would say that you probably heard this message before, but are you ready? Are you ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior? Are you ready? See, because he has the invitation wide open. It's just a matter whether you want to accept it. And I would say that if you stuck in a moment in your life and you want to move past that, if you want to be able to live in a way that your afflictions, no matter how big they are, become something that's just light something you see as momentary, then that means you've got to secure your eternal destiny. That starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do you do that? Well, you just say, Lord, I know that you are the son of God. I don't understand what all of that means, but I know that you are the son of God. And I'm asking you 
to wash me, to cleanse me, to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to bring me into your kingdom, to make me one of yours, oh God. I don't know how it works, but your word said that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then I would be saved. So right now, I confess you, Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I don't even know where this belief is coming from, but something inside me is saying that this is true. So I'm, yes, I believe that God raised you from the dead. And according to your word, according to your word, that means that I am saved. I am one of yours. I am your child. So thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For all those that might have said that prayer for the first time, I just want to pray for you. Father, I ask that you would wrap them in your arms. Lord, that you would build a hedge around them and bring the people into their lives to teach them, to grow them, to mature them, to help them to understand the ins and outs of what it means to be your disciple. Lord, that they will encourage them, help them find their destiny, Lord God, help them find a place of service, Lord God, so that your name will be glorified in their lives. As you're changing and molding and renewing them, Lord God, that they will become different. And we thank you for them. And now I want to speak to all of those that already know the Lord, but know that you've gotten stuck. But you heard the message today that it's just a moment. It's just a moment. And I got to move past that moment because it's just a moment. I want you to stand with me. Those that are at home, I want you to stand with me. You know, you're stuck in that moment, but it's like, I, I, it's just a moment. I'm getting it now. It's just a moment. It's just a moment. It's just a moment. It happened. It had a beginning. It has an end. Now I got to live with something added or taken away, but I'm going to continue to live. Ah, God. I refuse to stay stuck in just that moment. It happened because I'm looking for something greater. I'm looking for something bigger. I'm going beyond just this moment. Even my whole life is just a moment because there's an eternal destiny that I'm looking forward to. So, Father, we come to you, Lord God. And we realize that we might have been stuck in the moment, Lord God, that that thing happened and it changed us. It created memories, oh God. But Lord, we want to live past that moment. We want to be the person that you have called us to be, almighty God, that we don't want to be hindered and tied to the moment. We accept that it happened. We know that it happened, but it happened, Lord. It's not happening now. The time that I found out, it happened, Lord, but it's not happening now. Even if the condition continues on, even if the thing continues to go upon this business, Lord, it happened before and and what is now, I'm somebody different, someone that was changed. My life has changed. Something was added. Something was taken away. But you, almighty God, can give me what I need to live with what was added, to live with what was taken away. Lord, you can give me that. Your word declared that it is you working in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. We can live. We can be different. We can walk in victory. We can go past what's happening now and reach into something greater. Lord God, you are the eternal God and you created us and we will be eternally in your presence. Lord, we just got to get through this moment. 
So, Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that have been hurt in the moment, that you would bring healing, Lord, that you'd bring peace, Lord God, that you'd bring strength, Lord God. Father, that you would take that memory, Lord God, and that you would cover it with your presence, Lord God. Lord, that you would separate, Lord God, the person from the memory, Lord, so that they can live in a way that it was, God. It was, Lord. It was, God. It happened, God. It happened, God. It happened, God. But now it's something different. Now is something different. So, Lord, help us to live in this thing that's different, oh, God. To live in the confidence. Because we've been through it, Lord. We've lifted the weights. Lord, we're getting stronger. This thing will become light. I'm speaking it now into your life. This thing will become light. It will be a light affliction, a light affliction that was just for a moment, a light affliction because you're getting stronger right now. You're getting stronger right now. Your heart is getting stronger. Your mind is getting stronger. Your spirit is getting stronger. You're getting stronger right now. I speak life into your life right now. I speak life. I speak strength. I speak power. I speak victory into your life right now in the name of Jesus. You are greater than what you were before. You are greater than what you were before. You are better now, better now, better now. You're walking in victory in Jesus' name. You're walking in victory in Jesus' name. But God has delivered you. God has healed you. God has set you free. You're different now. Hallelujah. 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 For we have passed. Through the moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.